are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Saturday, October 16th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. Also, you can go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. If you go and follow right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thanks for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here to start the weekend. Happy Saturday. Don't do Saturdays quite often, so this is a nice little change of pace here, especially in the middle of back-to-back games for the Blackhawks. It's pretty convenient. Although, I wish I could say it, uh, this episode today on Saturday was coming with a better mood, as of course, um, I'll be going over everything from the Blackhawks' 4-3 overtime loss to the New Jersey Devils last night, coming up here in just a moment. I'll also discuss the Hawks reported to be actively shopping Andrew Shaw's contract, which is currently on long-term injured reserve. I'll have a little bit of a preview of the matchup tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins up in Pittsburgh at PPP, uh, PPG Paints Arena. That's a tongue twister. And then I'll also wrap things up with the number one spot on my top 10 prospects list. If you've been along the way for the entire journey so far, then A, I thank you very much for sticking around. Uh, And also B, number one probably won't be uh, much of a surprise, but it's still always fun to uh, reveal the, the, the top choice for any list for that matter. So I'm definitely excited to do so here on this Saturday edition of Locked On Blackhawks. And to start off the show today, folks, let's get into that tough 4-3 overtime loss for the Blackhawks last night to the New Jersey Devils. The Blackhawks fought hard to get it overtime. They picked up two goals in the final five minutes of the game, did not up the score 3-3. Both goals coming, by the way, with Kevin Lankinen on the bench and the extra attacker out. The first one was scored by Kirby Dock, a shot from Patrick Kane, bounced off of Tyler Johnson in front, and then Dock was there to scoop it up and stuff it home on the backhand for his first goal of the year. And then the second, the game-tying goal came in the uh, with 25 seconds left from Dominic Kubalik, which is now his second goal in as many games to open up the year. And this was just an all-around beautiful play by the Blackhawks. First off, great keep by Seth Jones to keep it alive at the blue line. Seth, I thought, had a really strong night last night against the Devils after not performing that well in the opener and also throughout the entire preseason. He looked really good and played like a true number one defenseman last night. Uh, He made a great play to keep it alive at the blue line. He found Brandon Hagel open in the slot, and then Hagel showed great patience and poise, made the perfect pass to find Kubalik open at the right circle, and then he used that big shot of his to uh, tie the score up 3-3, as I said, with 25 seconds to go. So I'll give the Blackhawks a lot of credit for uh, finding a way to get the job done with their backs against the wall late. Two, um, they had uh, two goals, as I said, with the extra attack route. That that shows a lot of character right there. Uh, and they also, you know, proved already early on in the season that they're going to be able to score with the extra man out there this year. All three of their goals last night, they had two of them on the power play. And then also 
the game tying goal with uh, the second one with Lankinen on the bench wasn't on the power play like the first one was. The the goal by Doc came uh, at six on four for the Blackhawks. The sex, second was a six on five. But all three of the goals that the Hawks scored last night, they all came with a man advantage, and that's now how they've scored four of their five goals to start the year. So uh, that part clearly doesn't need a whole lot of work right now. But what they do need to work on is a couple of key things. First, oh man, the start once again continues to be a problem. I mean, not nearly good enough out of the gate. 17 seconds in, New Jersey takes a 1-0 lead. It's not like New Jersey has already played a game this season. No, this, this was their season opener. In their first 17 seconds, they managed to score a goal. Uh, Jake McCabe turns it over in the defensive zone. Not a good pass either by Connor Murphy. Kind of set him up to fail. Uh, that leads to Dougie Hamilton scoring a goal not that long after, and it, it was a real tough night for McCabe and Murphy. They combined combined to be minus five, and both had uh, a bunch of turnovers and a bunch of bad decisions, and spent a majority of their ice time in their own zone. Um, and them not not living up to the expectations so far, I think, it is probably a huge part in the Blackhawks. Uh, struggles out of the gate because they they just don't have answers for teams, especially in transition right now. And when we're relying on those two guys to be the shutdown pairing, and they're not getting the they're not getting the job done, you know that kind of smells trouble for the Blackhawks defense as a whole. But it's just so frustrating to watch right now. And you know how talented this team is, um, but for the second game in a row, you know they let their bad start cost them once again. Um, and even throughout the rest of the contest, I, they really didn't generate all that many scoring opportunities at even strength. As I said, all their goals came with the man advantage. Uh, the other goal I haven't mentioned yet, that oh, the opener opening goal by the Blackhawks came on the power play. That came from Alex DeBrinkett on a beautiful cross-crease pass from Patrick Kane. But aside from those... Not a whole lot going on offensively for the Blackhawks, even against the New Jersey Devils, who, as I said, have yet to play a game uh, in the regular season. Uh, I know they've got some preseason action under their belt, but still. Um, and then even even in the third period, you know, before those final five minutes, before they got that double minor penalty from Dawson Mercer high-sticking Tyler Johnson. To poor Dawson Mercer, by the way. He was probably uh, sick to his stomach in his NHL debut for taking that penalty with uh, his team in the lead late in the game. But before that, you know, the Devils were in control. They were able to extend their lead to 3-1. to one. Jack Hughes scored late in the second on a great individual effort to put him up 2-1. to one. That's a common theme that we'll hear about uh, a little more about in just a moment. And then early on in the third, Andreas Janssen was able to extend their lead to two goals. And even after, you know... The Hawks really had no response for that. There wasn't any sort of push before getting that power play. So, again, it, it was kind of just a case of too little, too late. They did, however, manage to get this one to overtime and had a chance to win it. But Jack Hughes, who, with an incredible individual effort to outweigh everyone on that two-on-one, including Hawks netminder Kevin Lankin, and got him down and out and wound up with a beautiful game-winning goal on the backhand to cap off the night. So a tough loss that now puts the Blackhawks at 0-1-1 through two games. They do at least pick up a point, though, thanks to their tremendous effort late in the third period to tie up the game. But speaking of Kevin Lankinen, who I just mentioned a moment ago, um, getting into the Blackhawks' lineup changes. Now, Lankinen did, in fact, get the start last night against the New Jersey Devils, and that's putting 
Marc-Andre Fleury in line to be in that tonight when the Blackhawks take on his former Pittsburgh Penguins up in Pittsburgh. Of course, the team that Fleury won three Stanley Cups with in uh, a place that he, he will for, forever call home. So made a whole lot of sense for a couple of different reasons to get Lankin in the start last night. And while the box uh, the box score and the numbers there may not show it, Lankinen stopped 26 of the 30 shots that he faced. That puts his save percentage below 900. But I thought Lankinen was really good last night. And honestly, arguably the the main reason, aside from that pow, uh, penalty by Dawson Mercer, uh, the main reason why the Blackhawks were even able to force overtime in that game, you know, without Lankinen making some big-time stops down the stretch. And also, while the Hawks were shorthanded earlier in the game, the Hawks killed off both Devils power play opportunities, but Lankinen was the best penalty kill, best penalty killer for them during those chances. Um, if not for that and his efforts, I mean, we may not even be talking about Jack Hughes's overtime goal. So, great start for Lankinen here in his second NHL campaign. Uh, and and without him, the Blackhawks probably don't even get to overtime. As for the Blackhawks, other lineup changes though, other than Lankinen and Net. Uh, Adam Gaudette made his season debut, slotting in on the fourth line for Ryan Carpenter, skating with Jujar Kara and and Mackenzie Entwistle. And while Gaudette only wound up playing a whopping 8 minutes and 16 seconds, I actually thought he he looked good for the most part. So I really hope to see him get a little bit of a larger role going forward and maybe even back in the lineup tonight, possibly. And then Eric Gustafson also made his season debut on the third defensive pairing next to Riley Stillman in place of Ian Mitchell. Uh, Defensively, about what we expected from Gustafson last night, made a couple of bad decisions in the neutral zone. One cost the Blackhawks, uh, wound up being a two-on-one for the Devils. Lankinen had to bail him out with a big stop. But as for his shot on the offensive side of his game, as always, that looked to be on point. And it was interesting to see how much Jeremy Colleton already trusted him in his first game of action. And after not being here all that long, Gustafson finished with over 17 minutes of ice time last night. And to put that in a little bit more perspective, Ian Mitchell uh, in Wednesday's opener against the Avalanche only played eight minutes or so. Um, so that's something to consider with Eric Gustafson and possibly a hint that he could be back in there tonight once again. Um, and for the second consecutive game, folks, Dylan Strom was a healthy strat- uh, healthy scratch and just continues to be in Jeremy Colleton's doghouse. Um, now, I also don't know if that's because the Blackhawks are wanting to keep him healthy with a trade looming. I know uh, there have been a lot of rumors lately about the Hawks potentially moving him. At the same time, one thing to consider is that Jer- uh, Jeremy Colleton and Dylan Strom, they had a conversation the other day, and in Strom's mindset, you know, it sounds like he, he still does want to be here, and he told Colleton that once he gets in the lineup, he's not coming out. So that that's the, the right mentality to have, and honestly, I really do think that Dylan Strom, I think we will see him finally in the lineup tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But if not, then we very well may have already seen the last of Strom in a Blackhawks sweater. All right, that will finish up a recap of the Blackhawks 4-3 loss to the New Jersey Devils last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be talking about Andrew Shaw's contract possibly being moved, as well as a preview of tonight's matchup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON 
one word in all caps to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball has reached October. Playoff baseball is the best type of baseball. NFL and college football also are in the midst of their seasons now. We kind of figured out who are the top teams at each level. And also, the UFC has some incredible fights coming up in the next month here. And hockey season is back, folks. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code, LOCKEDON. That's one word in all caps to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now here this morning. Real quick, before talking about the upcoming matchup with the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, I also wanted to be sure to mention a couple of the latest roster moves that the Blackhawks have made in the past few days. First, a few days back now, the Hawks activated defenseman Alec Regula off of injured reserve. And I spoke earlier in the week, I think it was on... Tuesday when Regula came in at number four on my top ten's prospect on my top ten prospects list. Uh, I spoke about how he's been dealing with a back injury recently. He finally got in there during the final two days of training camp. He practiced with the NHL guys uh, after missing the mo- majority of camp in the preseason following the prospect showcase up in Minnesota. But finally now Regula's activated off of injured reserve. Um, no surprise. He's been uh, assigned to the Rockford Icehogs of the AHL for the beginning of the season. Obviously, there isn't room for Regula right now on the back end for the Hawks. Uh, and I, I'm not even sure that he'd be there if there was, though. We did see Regula get a bit of NHL action towards the end of last year. Only three games, though. Um, and I, I really do still feel like he he needs a little bit more time down in Rockford before being ready for the big leagues. He only played 16 games at the AHL level last year because of COVID. He spent a ton of time on the taxi squad, which last year was his first as a professional. So um, I think being down in Rockford for the majority of the year, once again, is probably a realistic expectation for Regula since this time around is basically still his first professional season with the limited amount of game game action that he saw last year. Uh, But I do think that, you know, um, he'll still be right there in the mix along with Nicholas Bodan and probably Jakob Galvis as for the first defenseman called up this year, if need be. The one thing going for Regula is that he's right-handed while the Hawks have a bunch of lefties on their team right now and also in the system. Um, but also now with Eric Gustafson around, Ian Mitchell's also probably ahead of all three of those guys that I just mentioned in the pecking order. There's Kalanuck and Caleb Jones still, both of which are injured at the moment. So uh, might not be this year for Regula, but I really do believe that um, they, the organization, they like him a lot and they, um, they're going to give him his looks when the time comes, especially with that unique size and skill set that he has, um, you know, um, it makes sense why he's in Rockford right now. I fully believe he's still part of the plans in the future and think we'll be seeing Regula with the Hawks sometime in the not-so-distant future. 
Also, the Blackhawks right now, according to Frank Saravalli of TSN, are reported to be actively shopping forward Andrew Shaw's contract, which, of course, currently is on LTIR for the Hawks as he's retired. Uh, But more importantly, Shaw's contract still has a $3.9 million AAV through the remainder of this year. And the reason that other teams may be interested in taking on that contract is because in the COVID world right now, the the salary cap, it, it didn't go up as much as... The GMs thought it was a couple of years back. The NHL announced uh, that the cap was going to remain flat for the next three years at $81.5 million. It's looking like it's on its way up, um, but still not as much as other teams thought. So a lot of clubs just don't have a ton of wiggle room financially to start the year. And if you take on Shaw's contract, that's able to you know go on LTIR like it is for the Blackhawks, and that gives... Uh, teams nearly $4 million more worth of wiggle room in, in order to go and make some moves to help out their roster. So um, with the COVID world that we live in, I feel like a lot of teams could be in talks with the Hawks about that contract. And the last time they made a move for a contract that's on LTIR, that was Brent Seabrook over the summer with his $6.88 million cap hit over the next three years. The Hawks acquired Tyler Johnson in a 2023 second round pick in exchange for just that contract alone. So essentially, the Hawks gave up nothing to take on Tyler uh, Tyler Johnson's contract uh, in a second round pick. But so far, Tyler Johnson looks like he could be well worth well worth that money, and that's going to be a storyline uh, over the course of his time here in Chicago. Now, I don't expect a return for Shaw to be nearly as high as Seabrooks, you know, with the contract being nearly half that number. And also considering that Shaw's is only for one more year while Seabrooks is for three. But I do think that the Hawks could be able to potentially net either a middle round pick or potentially that in another um, lower round, uh, lower level prospect or just another asset of that level as well, considering what they got for Brent Seabrook not that long ago. All right, getting into a quick preview of the contest tonight with Pittsburgh. First, as for the Blackhawks lineup, one thing I do know is that Marc-Andre Fleury will be in net to make his second start of the season, as he should with the Hawks playing up in Pittsburgh, where Fleury obviously has an enormous amount of history. As for the rest of the lineup, though, still not sure at the moment. It's let me look at my phone here. It's 6.29 in the morning, so obviously the Blackhawks have yet to have their morning skate. But if I had to guess, um, it's going to be tough. You know, I know Adam Gaudet didn't play very much last night, but as I said earlier, I, I honestly liked what I saw out of him in his eight minutes of ice time that he got. So that makes me wonder if Carlton is going to give him another look here tonight for the second straight game, or, you know, I, I really do... See, unless the Hawks are trading Dylan Strom this weekend, I really do see him making his season debut and getting into the lineup tonight as well because, um, you know, I just, he, he needs to get in there, you know, especially like his confidence can't be the best right now, but he's still having the right mentality. He's done all the things you've asked him to. He was really good at the end of camp and he showed some life in those final two preseason games. It's time to get him some action here. You know, I, I don't care if you're shopping him. Dylan Strom deserves to be in the lineup and it, I mean, unless things have changed in the past 24 hours, it sounds like based on the conversation that he had with Colleton, you know, he thinks that he's still going to be here 
as of these two games this weekend. So um, that's going to be interesting and definitely something to keep an eye on, um, especially because I don't think we're going to see any changes to the Blackhawks' top six. And then on the third line, Brandon Hagel and Kirby Dock obviously aren't coming out. And then I also thought Henrik Borgstrom had a really strong showing last night as well. So I don't think he's going to be coming out of the lineup tonight either. So if Strom does get in there, you know, um, either one of Mackenzie Entwistle or uh, Jujar Kara would have to draw out of the lineup, or that means he'd have to be in there over both Adam Gaudette and Ryan Carpenter down on that fourth line. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on once the Blackhawks hit the ice for their morning skate in a couple of hours. On defense, as I talked about already, Eric Gustafson yesterday made his season debut against the Devils. Didn't look bad, but also didn't didn't look great either. And with Ian Mitchell playing such a small role in the opener, I personally would like to see him get another crack in the lineup here tonight over Gustafson back on that third defensive pairing with Riley Stillman. But we're going to have to wait and see uh, what Jeremy Colleton decides, uh, decides what he wants to do. As for just some quick keys to victory for the Hawks that I wanted to mention, first and foremost, obviously... They just got to get off to a better start. The first period in both games so far have not nearly been good enough. Get a lead. We haven't had one of those yet either. And then uh, find ways to build off of that. Do that. And I really think that's the first step in picking up their first win here of the season. Second, you got to be ready for Pittsburgh in, in that dangerous offense. In the opener on Tuesday against the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Pittsburgh came away with a four-goal victory and managed to put up six goals against one of the best, or probably the best, defensive and goaltender combos in the entire NHL. And that was without Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Jake Gensel. Gensel looks like he's probably going to draw back into the lineup for the Pens here tonight. Um, But as for Crosby and Malkin, they're going to be out once again. But if the Hawks play sloppy defensively, you know, Pittsburgh... They show that they still have the talent uh, to make to make the Hawks pay and uh, ensure that their defense is going to be in for a long night at PPG Paints Arena if they're making a sta- making mistakes. So for the Hawks, got to take advantage of a Penns team that's without a bunch of their star players in the lineup here tonight. All right, I think that takes care of my preview on tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to reveal the number one player on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, coconut, salted caramel, and they now have a bunch of new flavors as well like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. They just sent me a pack of cookie dough chunk, which is, I actually can't believe it's a protein bar. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more tremendous flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. 
Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment three now before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your weekends. I still have to unveil the top player number one on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. The final time I'll be holding the segment, folks, until probably, um, I'd imagine, somewhere near the midway point of the regular season where I get a better idea of uh, how all of these prospects have done through a long enough period of time to make some adjustments to my list. But just as a quick recap, though, first, at number 10 was forward Landon Slager. Number 9 was defenseman Wyatt Kaiser. 8 was another defenseman in Alex Vlasic. Number 7 was Ice Hogs forward Evan Barrett. 6 was a tie between forwards Mackenzie Entwistle and Mike Hardman. Number 5 was 2020 second-round pick goaltender Drew Comesso. Numbers 4, 3, and 2 were all defensemen. That was Alec Regula, Nicholas Bodan, and then Ian Mitchell in that order. And now, ladies and gentlemen, coming in at number 1 on my list, no surprise, is Blackhawks 2020 first-round pick Lucas Reichel. German forward drafted out of the DEL, which is the top professional league over in Reichel's native country of Germany. And during his two years over in the DEL while playing for Berlin, the first year coming as a 17-year-old, which is impressive in itself alone. Um, but in that season, Reichel showed some real flashes of be- being on the cusp of turning into something special. He recorded 24 points in his 40, 42 games during that first year in the DEL. Let me remind you, he did that as a 17-year-old against grown men. Now, I know the DEL is not one of the top leagues overseas, but it's kind of comparable to... Uh, um, the AHL level I've heard from from most sources. So for Reichel to do that as a 17 year old, you know that's pretty impressive. And that was enough for uh, that was enough to grab the Blackhawks' attention and uh, for them to make Reichel their first overall selection in the 2020 NHL draft at number 17. And originally, as we heard Reichel say on draft night, the plan for him was originally to take two more years over with Berlin before coming over to North America, and then he'd be ready to join the Blackhawks or at least the organization. However, things changed in a hurry for Reichel after he put together a pretty dominant season last year, recording 10 goals and 17 assists for 27 points in his 38 games played. But more importantly, more importantly than just the stats, overall in his game, he he took a bunch of significant strides in his development. He, he first took on a role for both Berlin's power play and penalty kill units. He also changed positions. He went from uh, being on the wing for most of his career, jumping then to center. And with that, he turned into one of Berlin's most defensively responsible forwards by the end of the year and was trusted upon by that coaching staff to, to get it done in the, uh, in the crucial minutes of games. And really, with that change to center, that kind of gives Reichel more of an advantage because one of his best assets is that speed of his. And by being a little bit more freed up at the center position, he's able to do more things on the back check and force turnovers and create in transition back the other way for his team. And also, Reichel was a big part in helping Berlin take home the DEL championship. So um, he crossed off basically everything on the list that he needed to accomplish in the DEL. And with all that happening last year, Reichel just, he turned out to be ahead of schedule, and that's what has led him to being already over here in North America, where he's currently down with the Rockford Ice Hogs to start the year. But let's not get confused, folks. If the Blackhawks 
had the room for Reichel right now, if they had more waiver-eligible players, I really think that the kid has the talent to be playing with the Hawks right now in the NHL. When I saw him playing with, um, when the Hawks in the final days of training camp, when they split it up to Group A and Group B, with Group A being mostly what we know now to be uh, the NHL roster and Group B being all the guys that were either sent to Rockford for the start of the year or sent back to their respected junior clubs. Reichel in that B group was clearly the best player there. And also, considering what we saw out of him uh, at the prospect showcase, I mean, above and beyond all of the other Hawks prospects on the roster. Uh, So, to me, it's pretty obvious that this kid's going to be a stud one day here soon. And uh, really, I think he's the only prospect that the Hawks have at the moment with real superstar potential. I don't want to put the jinx on the kid at 19 years of age, but the speed, the offensive skill set overall, the high hockey IQ, as I talked about earlier, he's already a solid defender and is good on the back check. Might be able to use him on the penalty kill in the future as well as on the power play. So there's a ton to like already with Lucas Reichel. But at the same time, I am kind of glad that he's down with the Ice Hogs the open up of the year because, as I said, 19 years old. Let's not forget that, you know, and also he's a year ahead of schedule even in his mind. You know, the last thing we want to do is to rush him up in the NHL and ruin that confidence that he has early on. And, um, you know, that's if he, you know, he has some struggles. I don't know if that would be the case, but, um, you know, I, I think to let him go and be free down in Rockford, let him run his course down there learn some things about the professional level, let him adapt, get a sense of what he needs to do in order to be successful. And then, you know, when the time's right and when the Hawks know that he's more than ready, you know, that's when they should call him up. There absolutely should be no rush right now with Lucas Reichel because when he is ready, I fully believe he's going to be a problem on the ice for all the other teams in the NHL in the future, ladies and gentlemen. He really looks that good. So definitely excited to see Lucas Reichel up at the NHL here sometime soon. I do still expect it to be this season. And with that robust skill set of his, Reichel was the pretty clear choice here at number one on my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Saturday, October 16th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Scott Colin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account at JackBushman2 or my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all related to anything uh, to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any of my Twitter accounts or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, go Hawks, 
big game tonight against the Pens. Let's get that first victory of the year out of the way. And thanks again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.